2: <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast. We are presented by our friends at BetMGM, the king of sports books. We are here for NFL Week 14 Best Bets. My name is Brendan Glasheen, joined by Brandon Anderson, who was kind enough to fill in and host last week. We left Brandon behind. Luke Swain is back. Vegas Refund and the touchdown better returns jill gallant that is the crew for today you can find the video version of this podcast and all of our shows on the action network's youtube page once you're there hit subscribe give this video a like we also appreciate the five-star ratings and reviews on apple spotify wherever you listen to action network content don't forget you can follow these guys individually in the free award-winning action network app for all the bets they give out today anything else they might be on, futures perspective. I know Brandon's big in the futures market as well. Uh, You can also find a link in the bio below, podcast or video, to the Action Network Discord server in this episode description if you want to hop in and chat it up with our action experts and other gamblers. Last week, another 500-plus week for the podcast, 5 and 4 in week 13. Eight straight weeks at 500 or better, so... We are all in for the year now, 66 and 61, when you include look-aheads from Brandon as well. Okay, Brandon, let's go. Week 14, best bet number one. What do you have for us?
1: All right, I'm going to Baltimore. Give me the Ravens minus seven against the Rams. And look, I like the Rams too. They're fun. The offense is looking good. But I think people are just getting a little too ahead of themselves. They blew up the Cardinals. Yay, the Cardinals are not any good. They beat the Browns 36-19, but it really should have been tied in the fourth quarter against all the Browns backups, even Miles Garrett basically going through cardio out there and didn't do a whole lot with his injury. <laughs> they should have tied it up 20-20. They missed the extra point. They Browns it up at the end. That's the Rams. They're winning games lately, but I think we're getting a little too excited about them with the wild card race. The offense is good. They're fun. Offense is worse on the road, though. They're 19th DVOA on the road versus 6th at home, and the defense... It's still the clear weak link on the field in this game. Baltimore's offense is good. Rams' offense is good. Baltimore's defense is great. Rams' defense just kind of lacks talent still, right? Like, you pretty much can't name guys other than Aaron Donald on the defense. A couple other young guys have started to come around there, but it still is the clear weak link other than, of course, the special teams, who the Rams are dead last in special teams versus John Harbaugh. That's probably going to come into play here, too. So I think the, the Ravens' offense just kind of gets what it wants in this game. And Baltimore has also a top 10 pass rush against a poor Rams offensive line. So I think that gets to the Rams a little bit. And then, look, you've seen we've got all sorts of these crazy uh, totals this week, right? We're, we've got a 30 and we've got two 30.5s. We've got a bunch in the 30s, all this weather impacted. This game right now looks like the biggest weather impacted game. Looks like 13 mile an hour winds, 50% rain. That, to me, is the perfect setup for Baltimore. Gus Edwards, power run, great defense. Just control the ball, pound the rock, 23-10 to 10 sort of win. Matt Stafford, when there's 10-mile-an-hour wind or more, 7-14-1 against the spread, 33%. Wow. This is not Stafford weather. Remember, he played in, the, in Detroit inside for so long. Los Angeles, obviously safe there. Not a good spot for him. And November forward, when Stafford plays a team over five hundred. Seventeen thirty-seven and 2 against the spread. 31% cover rate for his career. And that has held up really with the Rams still too. So I just think it's a good spot for the Ravens. They're on a bye at home, coming on extra rest. The Rams just had to play against the Browns at physical defense. Harbaugh after a bye, 60% cover rate. Mm-hmm. McVay and Stafford facing teams off of a bye. Combined 6-15-1, 29% cover rate for them. So give me
2: the Ravens minus seven. Very good. That's pretty self-explanatory. I I still don't really get what the Rams are. like. I know, like you said, when they're at home and they got Puka going, I know Cooper Cup had a late touchdown. Like They're just so Jekyll and Hyde. I I can understand this. I think it's a pretty generous number, honestly, at minus seven. So fully understand that. And I noticed too, Ravens first half, they're really good. The books have caught up on that, right? Four and a half. I understand. Want to go to full game, go to the touchdown. Very good. Okay. Luke Swain. Pegas refund your first best bet for week fourteen. I'm gonna go with the Bears getting
0: three and a half hosting the Lions at home. Which this one, and I I really, I think I'm just probably one of the higher people on this Bears team. And I think I brought up the quote a couple weeks ago, and it really like has stuck with me. Where like this Bears team really feels like the Lions of two years ago, where they weren't really winning games, but they just continued to cover um, and try. I guess you could say try hard. Um, every single week and this Bears defense is getting better and better every single week it seems like the last couple and they are coming off a bye so they should be healthy um, and this is a, a big revenge divisional game where I want to say two weeks ago or three weeks ago they were in Detroit and they were winning that entire game and all this on the Lions came back in the fourth quarter like I think down 10 plus um, so this is just a, a Bears revenge spot getting Jared Goff in outdoors where the weather was looking pretty bad but actually a, within the last like 24 hours, I think it's cleared up where the total was, came down into the thirties. I think it was like 39. Um, And since his weather's cleared up, it's back up to 44, um, which still it's going to be cold. It's going to be outdoors. Jared Goff is notoriously bad in outdoor games. And he just hasn't looked himself the last few weeks. And two weeks ago he had, I think it was three or four turnovers and the week before he had two and you could see last week against the Saints that they definitely should have lost that game if Carr didn't get hurt. Their neutral pass rate was the lowest it has been all season, which tells me that this Lions coaching staff is not trusting golf like they have in the past, just purely based off of um, the turnovers. And then you have a Detroit defense that is looking like one of the worst in the league. Right now, they're 30th in EPA, I think they're 24th in success rate. They gave up. They had a 20-point lead on the Saints last week, and they stormed back and gave up, I think it was like 28 points or something like that, where every week they're just giving up points. And Fields is looking a lot better. don't think he's their quarterback of the future, but right now he's 12th in EPA. So I'm just going to take a a Bears team that I'm pretty high on right now, um, that they're one of the first teams I'm looking at every week, getting three and a half at home with revenge. Um, So give me the Bears.
2: That was the, the game you're referencing was the week before Thanksgiving when the Bears and Lions played. That was the first game back for Justin Fields, coming back from the injury, replacing Bajan at quarterback. Two games played since. You mentioned the head-to-head with the Lions, then they had the bye. Very good. Bears might be undervalued in the market. Jill Gallant, not only do you bet touchdowns, my friend, you'll come on here and you'll explore the interception world, and that is where you're going with your first one.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going right to the Bengals-Colts game. And I feel like this is a nice little buy-low spot. I'm going to take Jake Browning for an interception at minus 105. And obviously the feel-good aspect coming out of that game was not necessarily what happened to Trevor Lawrence, but was how Browning looked, 32 for 37, throwing the ball. But again, Browning is still a backup. He should not be getting these type of INT odds. He was minus 165 in his first start against the Steelers with Burrow out. Then last week was minus 175 against the Jaguars. So for me, all the way to go to minus 105, that's a little too much of an overcorrection here, especially facing a Colts defense that... Again, it's shown defensive flashes over the last month during this four-game win streak. They've held opponents uh, to less than 20 points per game on average. They forced five interceptions in those games. And the Colts, they're also top 10 in interception rate per drop back at 2.9%. And they're also top 10 in passes defended. Another aspect, too, about this Colts defense, second and sacks, they are going to get some pressure in that pocket. And like a lot of outdoor games this week, there's going to be some rain and wind in Cincy. So... I feel like right now, Browning should probably be around minus one forty for an interception. But because of how clean he looked against that Jacksonville defense, we're getting a little bit of a premium here. We're getting it around minus one hundred five. So, Jake Browning interception minus one hundred five. I love this
0: bet for Week fourteen. This this uh this Colts D line Excellent. so underrated. Like I think they're like probably a top two or three unit in the league right now, and they are going to bring chaos to Browning. Um, so I totally agree with that.
2: The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. On to the next round of picks. You know, typically when Brandon Anderson uh, handicaps a game and involves bad quarterback play, he'll just steer away, especially if he's backing the team with the bad quarterbacks. But now with Desmond Ritter taking on Baker Mayfield, you actually will probably mention quarterbacks when you give this next one.
1: <laughs> I will, because in this case, the bad quarterbacks, I think, help the cap. I'm going to take the under, under 41 in a box at Falcons. Look, we get what a delight. We get the entire NFC South playing each other in division matchups this weekend. There's Carolina and New Orleans, too. Just why we still have to pay attention to these divisions is fine. Give, give them a seven seed. Like, there's no reason one of these teams should be getting a home game in the playoffs against probably the Cowboys. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I was thinking about taking the Bucks here. I think that they honestly look better than the Falcons. They're better in DVOA and offense and defense and special teams. And I just tie myself into the under instead because really I just don't believe in a whole lot in this game. I think the best unit on the field is probably Tampa Bay's defense. Their run D has pretty much always been solid when Vita Vea is out there. I think they can kind of hold their own against, frankly, an Atlanta attack that has scared nobody all season. Uh, <laughs> there are some injuries here, but I think the injury news has gone well for uh, both teams this week, well for the defenses. Levante David, one of the uh, linebackers for the Bucks, is practicing. Devin White hasn't yet, but if I only get one... Levante David's the one I want in this game. He's way better than Devin White this season, especially way better against the run. That matters in this particular matchup because that's pretty much all the Falcons try to do. So I like them there. The pass rush for Tampa has been trending up. Atlanta's pass blocking isn't great. And Bucks defense on the road, third in DVOA versus only 21st at home. So those splits can be a little finicky, but it goes in our favor here. So Tampa Bay's defense looking pretty good. Both teams' defense have struggled against the past lately. But okay, there's the quarterbacks now. Desmond Raider, eh, not really that worried about you. Baker Mayfield's been pretty good this year, to be honest, but he's banged up. Mm-hmm. He's had moments. Mike Evans is the one real threat here. A.J. Terrell has been in concussion protocol, but's practicing this week. So I'm hoping A.J. Terrell plays. That's Atlanta's stud lockdown corner. You want him against Mike Evans. If he's not out there, Evans could put up another one of those huge games. But then I've just got a bunch of numbers here for the under. Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay, road unders for him for his career, 30-17, 64%. That's the second most profitable coach in our system. Baker Mayfield, when the total is below 44, 20-9 to the under, 69%. He's the second most profitable as well. Week 14 or later, division matchups. Uh, total 40-47 to 47 is 56% to the under. Home favorite under a touchdown, 57% to the under. And then this season, Falcons are eight and 4 to the under, under 39 points a game in their games. Bucks are eight and 4 to the under, under 40 points in their games. And then as I was searching, I found this stat. So far this year, we've had six games in the division, in the NFC South, the terrible, awful NFC South. Not one game has hit 40 points yet. Get this division out of here. They're averaging 35 and a half points a game and the lowest total of all of them box Falcons, 29 points first time
2: around. Give me the
1: bucks and the Falcons under 41. Wow.
2: That's quite the stat. All the head to heads or all the teams. say that one more time. All the teams have their combined so, averages. Falcons,
1: Bucks, Saints, Panthers. That's the division. They have played some combination of each other six times so far this season. And the highest score in any of those games has been 39. Not one division matchup has even cracked the almighty 40-point barrier. Get the (laughs) NFC
2: South out of here. Wow. Okay. Excellent. So we're going to pick apart Kansas City and Buffalo. That's one of the marquee matchups of the weekend. And Luke, you are turning to the desperate Buffalo Bills. They need this game. Why do you like Buffalo for your second one?
0: Yeah I'm gonna go with Buffalo right now plus one and a half. Uh, I think it opened at three which would have been awesome to get which didn't last very long it just continues to come down which I think has a lot to do with teasers which the Bills are a great teaser leg as well this week but this is a Bills team coming fresh off of a bye who I I really don't think any team needed a bye week more um, just in general and health specifically on their defense. Going against a Chiefs team that I don't think I'm assuming every one of our listeners and all of us have been watching the chiefs and they just aren't right. Like whether it's just Travis Kelsey being old or injured, I think it's probably both Um, outside of him. There's just nothing. Um, And they struggle to complete a pass further than five yards. I'm going against a bills team that is extremely desperate, probably should have won the Eagles game, which that was that game going to OT. I totally forgot that they don't kick extra points and, the push, I've never been so happy about a push, but um, this Bills team is its definitely a trendy team this week, specifically in the futures market, which I don't disagree with at all. Uh, but this is just a Bills team that is going against a Chiefs team that I don't see it. I don't think they're going to be fixing anything, um, and their defense has been fantastic, but they don't have Tranquil, they're not going to have Bolton, they're not going to have Brian Cook, who are three starters, they might not even have Donovan Smith which are all four starters and above average starters going against a Bills team off of bye with all of the weapons in the world should be healthier and have historically played very well against the Chiefs. They're a great teaser leg as well. All six of the Bills losses this week, this year have been by six or less points. So you can tease them right up through the key number of seven. Um, and I think that would be a great teaser leg, but I'll take the Bills plus one and a half.
2: It's fair. I mean, Joe Ryan now running the offense. They look good against the Jets. They presented a running game. They alleviated Josh Allen. It wasn't Josh Allen dependent. I say all that because Jill's second pick, he actually probably wouldn't mind Josh Allen being the guy week after week to save the day. Josh Allen, Jill is someone I, I totally understand both sides here, but I, I Jill, I, I tend to really agree with where you're going to go with your next one.
3: Yeah, I'm very much a uh, Josh Allen, anytime touchdown uh, pot committed, Uh, especially last week. I did cash in uh, part, pardon me, prior to the buy, I uh, hit a 17 to one for his two touchdowns against the Eagles. Uh, So I like this bet against the chiefs because he has scored an eight of 12 games. He leads the bills with 19 red zone carries. As you alluded to those rushing issues that they've had, he kind of takes the mantle and goes assertive when they get into the red zone. And Why we also like Allen in this spot is the Chiefs are 28th in DVOA versus the run, but 5th in DVOA versus the pass. Now that latter DVOA stat, that may not matter as much facing an offense like the Bills who can move the ball pretty efficiently against any type of defense. But when they get into those tight spots inside the 10-yard line, That could be the difference between the Bills scoring a touchdown and settling for a field goal. So if we're on third down, I could definitely see Josh Allen just tucking and running it and just bulldozing his way into the end zone like he did against the Eagles uh, twice. Also, again, the Bills are pretty much in must-win territory the rest of the way. I don't really like to bet on touchdown scores based on, like, motivation. But – this is the ultimate motivation spot. It's going to be like a playoff game pretty much every game the rest of the way, and based on how he ran the ball versus the Eagles, uh, I thought this was going to be around plus 150, so around plus 180 I think is still pretty good value for Josh Allen to score an any time touchdown versus the Chiefs.
2: I don't think there are picks that go against each other. I think they need... I think they need Allen to do what he does, and I, I'm not sure. I, I, off a of bye, I don't know how confident I am in Sean McDermott to, to get this right and Joe Ryan, but it's really Sean McDermott's show, as we know, I mean, as the head coach. I mean, Josh Allen um, has to
0: literally go nuclear every single week for them to make the playoffs, and mm-hmm. like the Bills could be the second-best team in the league, and they still might not make the playoffs. Um, but right. if they do, it will be totally on his back, which will be him scoring yep. touchdowns.
2: And Brandon, you're you're going to join the party on Josh Allen.
1: I am. So you've heard this one on the pod before. The first prop I look for whenever the Bills play a big game is Josh Allen rushing yards. So give yep. me the Josh Allen over 30 and a half rushing yards. This is Jill kind of just made the case for me. They save Josh Allen's legs for these big games. If you look at the stats, look at the splits, and you kind of have to do it manually on, okay, was this a big game? Did this look like a team against the playoff team? Was it? You know, they're playing a Washington or something. In the big games, they call more designed runs with Josh Allen. Those like third and two sort of plays that we've all seen in the playoffs. This is a playoff game for Buffalo. And Buffalo has used Allen more as a scrambler this year too. Allen has added more EPA per play than any quarterback on scrambles by like a huge margin this year. It's part of why his overall EPA is so high. Scrambles are even more valuable runs than designed runs because the defense has their back turned the other direction, and here comes Josh Allen running at you from behind. So here's the numbers. Last two seasons, so that's not counting this year yet, 22 games against non-playoff opponents. Allen averaged 6.5 carries, just under 40 yards. 16 games against playoff opponents, almost 9 carries a game, 53 yards. And over half of those, at least 44. So we're at 30.5 here. I would honestly put that line like at least 10 yards higher. This season, I'm counting four games that I'm going to count as against presumed playoff opponents. Now, again, we got to kind of make some assumptions here. So I'm counting week one against the Jets when we thought that was supposed to be a big game for them. Aaron Rodgers, the whole Jets hype. Right. Four games this year against presumed playoff opponents. Eight carries, 44 and half yards over this number three of the four. The other eight games, remember, they've had a pretty soft schedule so far. Four and a half carries, 20.5 yards. So it's like double this year, basically, his numbers when he plays one of these top teams. And we've got a real sample against the Chiefs now. We've had five games, Josh Allen, against this version of Mahomes and the Chiefs. Here are Josh Allen's rushing yards in those Chiefs games. 32, 59, 42, 68, and 88. Averaging over nine carries a game, 58 yards. He's had at least seven carries, at least 32 yards every one of those games. Luke, you mentioned Drew Tranquil, Nick Bolton, both out. Those are the linebackers. Those are the guys that have to try to contain and tackle Josh Allen. So that's also a key part here as well. I just think this is a game where, like all of us are saying, this is everything for the Bills. They're they're fighting in the spot. Josh Allen's going to have to make some plays with his arm, with his legs, with his brain. <laughs> like Every part of Josh Allen's body is going to have to make some plays in this game. So I love the over 30 and a half. And while we're here... Because it's me, and you mentioned my my futures, and I love the alternates as well. Let me just rapid fire a couple other ones for you. If you like the Josh Allen angle, you can do 50 yards plus 320, 75 yards plus 1425. So that's a little escalator taste if you want it. Kansas City, bottom 10 against wide receiver two. Don't forget, this is the team Gabe Davis lit up in that playoff game. Eight catches, 200 yards, and four touchdowns. 80 yards and a touchdown is 14 to 1. I like that one a lot. And I like the Bills, like Luke said. I wanted the plus three. I was hoping we'd get the plus three and a half. And then went the other way. So I'm investing in the Bills by playing futures. I like them here. Sorry, Jill. I like them against the Cowboys next week. And if both of those happen and Miami falters a little bit in their schedule, Buffalo can still beat Miami in the final week for the division. 17 to 1 Buffalo division. And if they do, 50 to 1 Josh Allen MVP. So those are some bonus picks for you for this pod. Josh Allen, over thirty and a half rushing yards.
2: Got it. So it's one of those weekends for me when I open the Action Network app and I'm gonna scroll and go, is Brandon the only one using the action <laughs> app today? Oh, wait a minute, there's somebody else. Okay. There it's we just go. Brandon doing Brandon stuff. No,
0: not Josh Allen MVP angle. Like I took it I think a week or two ago where like you hear about the trends that like every MVP of the last 10 years or further has been like a one or two seed, which if they win the division, I guess they, yeah, they probably wouldn't. But no, like this year is totally different. Up. Like yep. this year, like around this time, we pretty there is like a favorite in the MVP race. For right now we have three guys at plus 300. And, and then like I think the fourth is Jalen at plus 800, which it's been that because usually the guy making the one or two seed is the heavy favorite. And right now we just don't have that. And I just think this is a total outlier year where there's a case for every MVP right now. And there's also a case for guys who jump, leapfrog them, where the Bills-Dolphins game could be for MVP.
1: Well, and that's the thing is with the schedule, you got Josh Allen on big national TV spots against the Chiefs and the Cowboys and the Dolphins. And if you took records away, and we only could look at stats right now for the season, Josh Allen would probably be unanimous MVP. Like he's leading in most of the stats. He's leading up near the top in the EPAs and CPOEs and all those things. The only reason he's not even in the picture is because of the six and six, which matters. But if they close on a five game winning streak, if there's not really a clear MVP, no one's going to want to necessarily vote for Brock Purdy, who's the leader right now. I think he's in the mix, but I just think 50 to 1 is too long for a guy this good who's playing like an MVP, and we're all betting him like an MVP in this pod. We're betting him on the road as a short dog against Pat Mahomes. Holy cow, that is not the spot to go, but that's how good we feel about how Allen and the Bills are playing. So. I think it's a good spot to back them in multiple ways.
2: So if you parlay the Bills plus one and a half, Josh Allen touchdown, the Allen overrushing, you get a, around plus 400 uh, if, if that tickles your fancy. So that was Brandon's third pick. Luke, oh no, oh no. Well, this isn't <laughs> the Broncos team of old. No, I'm always saying no, no, because I'm with Brandon and Jill. It's just bringing me back in time to, like, last year doing that late Whoa. Sunday night podcast. We're doing frozen pizza since the Denver Broncos. No, a lot
3: has happened this season since the frozen pizza bowl <laughs> of last year. So, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, the last six
3: games, I think we've uh, taken that pizza out of the oven now.
2: <laughs> when you give this, can you help me understand why Denver's an underdog in this game? Because I, I still don't really get it. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's really just home field, which they really just don't have, which like two and a half I points, I guess you could just say is home field. Um, and then everyone always like says they don't have home field, um, which <laughs> there are a lot more factors that come into home field than just the crowd. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Broncos plus two and a half. They're definitely a team. I think a lot of quote unquote experts are looking to fade just purely based off of, they've gotten lucky a lot this year. Um, And the offense just really hasn't like been a well-oiled machine, but again, this Chargers team is just gross. Like it's, like, if you watch like you watch the Chiefs, that offense isn't working. And then the eye test with the Chargers, like, it's just not working either. Eckler, that high ankle sprain in week one totally ruined a season. Um, Staley even came out today, I think, saying that, like, running backs are going to earn their carries, which I don't think really means anything. Um, if anything, I guess it motivates Eckler. But, like, he's just – if you watch him, he's just not himself. Uh, and then you have – Really, the only other weapon that they have is Keenan Allen, which is going to be going against probably the best defensive player in the league, in my opinion, Patrick Sertain. Um, actually, if I was drafting a fantasy team, he would be my first pick for defense. He might not be the best, but he would be my first pick. Wow. Um, going against Keenan Allen, and this Broncos team just—I'll take Sean Payton over Staley any day. Now, plus two and a half, I would definitely, definitely like. You don't need to jump on this right now. There are some threes out there. There's threes that are starting to show, which three in a game like this, going against a Chargers team that just continues to play close close games, I think is a lot more value. It's obviously extremely valuable, but a lot more valuable in this game. So I haven't bet it yet. I'm waiting for the three. If I don't get a three, which you can find right now, honestly, anywhere, um, I'm just going to take the two and a half or just tease them up, which Broncos and Bills would be a great two-team teasers as well. Uh, But I'll just take a Broncos team that I I just have nothing... Positive to say about this Chargers team, and I'll go against the grain and take them again and hope they get lucky, I guess. Um, but Broncos plus two and a half, but we'll wait for the three. All right.
2: Same the game. last thing I want to
0: say is yep. Brandon gave into futures. We gave a future out a couple weeks ago, Will Anderson, defensive rookie of the year, which was 25, 25 to one at the time, which now is plus 400. And I would still take that. So if you don't have any Will Anderson, I think you can definitely get involved, plus 400 on. One sports book, it's plus 300 elsewhere. Will Anderson is surging right now. I think he has a top, I think he has like the third best pass rush win rate in the last like 10 years right now. He gets Zach Wilson this week against the Jets, which is probably the best offensive line he can go against in terms of him eating. Then he gets Will Levis next week, which has another god awful offensive line. And then the last in the last week he has the Browns. So whether it's Joe Flacco or what, Flacco is in. Like I think will be Flacco because I think he's going to continue to start. But which is even better. So like I honestly think Will Anderson be tied as a favorite right now. Definitely ahead of Witherspoon, uh, and even the favorite. So I would definitely take it at plus four hundred still.
2: I wasn't sure if we would get into that, but I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, if you've been <laughs> listening, we don't just give out the the weekly sides and totals best bets we mix in some other stuff too. All right, Jill, take us home. You're going to stay in the same game, Denver and Los Angeles.
3: Yeah, last year when we used to cover the Broncos, this guy couldn't get open. Uh the offense, passing offense in general was just terrible. But this year, he is probably a top five wide receiver just based on production and touchdown output. And that's Cortland Sutton. And I'm going to take his anytime touchdown odds. Uh, It's around plus 210. So he's got nine touchdowns this year. He's scored in nine of 12 games. I think that's important to note because a lot of the time you'll see these big gaudy numbers and you think, oh, we had like a three touchdown game or a four touchdown game. No, no, no. This is just all consistent every week. He's got 15 red zone targets. That's eighth overall in the NFL. He also leads the league with eight red zone touchdowns this year. So I think that's important to know because, like, the next closest is Mark Andrews with six, and then goes five and onward. So, again, he is clearly Russell Wilson's safety blanket because a lot of the touchdowns, if you guys have watched the Broncos games this year, a lot of touchdowns that he has scored has just been Russell just going, fuck it. Something's down there somewhere and just yep. throws it. And it's this improbable catch in the end zone. And that ends up being the difference in the game. But it's also just a great matchup for the Broncos pass offense because the Chargers are 27th and DVOA to the pass, 28th and DVOA to wide receiver one. And I think it's undisputed he is wide receiver one in this offense. 13 touchdowns to wide receivers this year. That's also bottom five in the NFL. They've given up six touchdowns to wide receivers just over the last four games. And when you're doing some shopping around, as you should for touchdown odds, his odds are ranging all over the place. I see I got it at plus 210. It's as low as plus 120 in some spots. So please shop around. Don't bet it less than plus 200. But the fact that you're getting a plus 200 value on a guy like him, uh, who's, in my opinion, in the same world as Mike Evans right now, where you just can't really bet another touchdown score on this team because the quarterback clearly favors this option so Cortland Sutton anytime touchdown at plus two ten is my final best bet of week fourteen.
1: Yeah just to chime in In on this one I I actually had I have Sutton plus two hundred in my every game every team article coming out that's my pick for Denver and I also have noted in there Denver plus eight and a half teased up is my favorite teaser spot of the week. So to chime in on both of those and to tie it back, Luke you brought up Will Anderson. He just played these Denver Broncos last week five tackles two sacks Four quarterback hits. He tipped a punt that led to a short field field goal, I think. He tipped an interception that led to a touchdown. That's 10 points that he's pretty directly responsible for in a game I believe they won by nine. So that's Will Anderson. That was his win, I thought, on Sunday. And I think, yeah, this is definitely a spot where I still see some value on him as well.
2: Oh, Brandon is just loving the island right now. He's loving (laughs) Texans Island this year. He sure is. It's trending. The Anderson bet and the D'Amico Ryans coach of the year pick you gave out, those are both trending in the in the right direction right now. I mean uh, so and both- you
0: just look at he's got the Jets this week, Titans next and the Browns, where the Eagles have the Cowboys this week, who might even expose them even worse. And I don't know who the Eagles have next week, which I think we're about to find out, but like it just sets up too well for Will Anderson.
2: We could do a 40-minute episode on Will Anderson by himself. Him. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the where, where we're at with this. And uh, they get the Seahawks next, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and real quick, to Jill's point, the the primetime games, too, because that's when you see any team, you'll see more. Like Denver, the 17-9 win over the Chiefs. Sutton, the pass he caught, Jill, out of this world. So shout out to Action Island. You got, And Jill's been on that show plenty. Luke, you've been on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other game that he played, well, I think it was the Buffalo game. Um, yep, the Buffalo the Monday night game. Oh, my gosh. Like, just you're so you're so spot on with that when Russell's like, OK, whatever. Here it goes. Um, well, even uh, even last week,
3: like yeah. he only had he only had two catches, I'm pretty sure. And one of them was, yeah, two seven targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. I feel <laughs> so- like he makes every
0: catch way more difficult than it should be. For what it's worth. <laughs> uh, but he catches it and he's not a natural catcher, but like he just gets it. Well, and it's also just where their
3: offense is too. Like Jerry Judy is just kind of fallen completely out of favor when it comes to their offense. Adam Troutman isn't really much of a threat. Javante Williams can't really seem to get anything going in this run game, and the run game in general for the Broncos—they've only scored four rushing touchdowns all season, and they've been in the last couple of weeks. Russell Wilson has two of those. So, yeah, uh, we're going to go with the passing offense if I'm going anywhere with the Broncos. Touchdown. Mike
0: Evans is a great comp.
2: All right, before we go, we always get to Brandon Anderson's look-ahead. He's got a Week 15 spot circled. He was on the Cowboys for last week. Going into this week, Cowboys minus 2.5. We know now they are 3.5, so hope you jumped on that. Brandon, what are you eyeing for Week 15? Yeah, look, I have twice in a row on this podcast bet against the
1: Eagles. I am the Philadelphia slanderer on my Twitter timeline right now. But I got to come back the other way. I can say nice things about Philadelphia. I'm going to take the Eagles this time. Minus four at the Seahawks. We flexed that one into Monday night. I think it is our first ever flexed Monday night football game. And Seattle, I don't know if they're going to be ready to show up for this one. They've lost three games in a row. We watched it against Dallas last week when Dallas had eight trips to the red zone. I believe 33 first downs. Like Those are unbelievable numbers offensively. I think Cowboys could have scored just by anything they wanted if they actually knew how to play in the red zone. But they got the job done anyway. I got Cowboys over the Eagles. Hopefully you got it before the key number. It's flipped to the other side now. This one's really not a key number sort of play. This is just, I just don't think that the Seahawks can handle the Eagles. Seattle is going to play San Fran this week. They are double-digit underdogs. They get destroyed in that matchup, right? It is just not the game for them. And for a lot of the same reasons I like them here, Seattle has, they will be entering, I believe, then on a four-game losing streak. Last five games for the Seahawks, 24th in DVOA, bottom 10 offense and defense. So I know we think that this is a playoff team. I know they kind of look the part on offense against Seattle, but the other side matters too. They can't tackle anybody, right? I was Seattle Island all last season. They couldn't tackle then. They still haven't really figured that problem out. Love Bobby Wagner. He's kind of a problem at this point as well you got to be able to tackle against Philadelphia. That's not going to go well for you if you don't tackle Jalen Hurts and Dandre Swift and all these guys. Seattle's O-line has struggled. Eagles' pass rush should get there. Geno is not great against pressure, so that's another problem. Same stuff that we're worried about in the San Francisco matchup. It's, it's coming up here against Philly. Seattle has been terrible all-season offense and defense on late downs and in the red zone. Well, what's the one thing we know about Philadelphia. They have all those little edges on third down, fourth down in the red zone. Like that is where they absolutely hammer teams. So I just think it's a good spot to back the Eagles either way. Really? If the Cowboys beat the Eagles this week, as I still expect them to, now you got Philadelphia, two games losing streak in a row. They badly need this, or you get the Eagles go to Dallas and win. You're not getting a minus four here anymore. Now you're at a minus six, maybe pushing seven Uh, Philadelphia. Even with all their close games this season, they've covered this four point spread in seven of the 10 wins. So I just think that there's a good chance this line rises to something mm-hmm. more like six, six and a half, where it probably won't be playable anymore. So I will grab it now. Eagles minus four in Seattle Monday Night Football.
0: I think the spread went up like after they lost to the Niners on Thanksgiving, it went from like seven and a half to like nine and a half, maybe even more, which they ended up covering. Um, but if we expect the same, then we can expect this one to go up, too.
1: Yeah, the Seattle San Fran, I believe, got as high as 12 and a half. And then it did get bet down. I, I think like all the trends, all the everything this week says Seattle are past based on the trends, except for the matchup. The matchup on the field says San Francisco just like owns that matchup. So I, I'm not really betting that particular matchup. This is kind of my way of betting the Seattle potential blowout loss to San Francisco is grabbing this before the line perhaps rises again.
2: Okay, good stuff, fellas. You can uh, find us again next week. That will do it for the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 14 Best Bets episode presented by BetMGM. If you missed the full betting preview, the Sunday six-pack with Raybon and Stucky, that episode is out now. You can tune into our weekly recap as well. Monday morning, Joe Gallant will be there with Evan Abrams, our Director of Research and Media. Don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all the guys' picks. Track your own as well. And also, as I said at the top of the show, check out the Action Network Discord server to chop it up with experts and fellow gamblers during the games. Best of luck this weekend, everybody. For Luke, Jill, and Brandon, Brennan Glashine, thanks for watching and listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BettenMGM.